Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Rotating Reels, the film review podcast where we alternate between new releases and favorites recommended by the co-hosts. I'm one of those co-hosts, Hank Showalter, and I'm calling in from Seattle, Washington. Joining me today are your two other co-hosts, Keegan Tran, calling in from Portland, Oregon. Sorry if I sound out of breath, I just got done dance wrestling my long-lost son. (laughs) (laughs) And... Taylor May calling in also from Seattle. Hi, I don't have I don't have a funny reference, but I liked Keegan's. All right, so the movie Keegan just referenced is this week's review, Titan, um, and it's this year's winner of the Golden Palm, which is the, uh, the the highest award at the Cannes Film Festival. So we're pretty excited to talk about that one. But before we get to it, we have a couple pieces of business. So first of all, everyone's favorite bit. The Patreon shout out. We are over on Patreon for five dollars a month. You can get access to our Rotating Reels After Hours podcast, which is our. Uh, it's kind of like a less structured Rotating Reels. We do video games there. We do debates. It's not all movie reviews. It's all fun though. Um, so anyway, RotatingReels.com in the in the browser. It'll take you right there, and uh, I think it's a pretty good time. We're going to have a new episode coming out on there next week, so this is a great time to jump in. Now then, done with the Patreon shout-out, everyone's other favorite segment, we're going to do what we've been watching. So in this segment, each of the co-hosts gets three minutes to run through uh, what they've seen on TV, what movies they've watched, hell, what games they've played, or comics they've read in the past week since our last review. Um... So we kind of loosely keep it to three minutes. It's a pretty popular bit, so we're, you know, we, uh, we, we push the boundaries on, on occasion. But anyway, I'm going to have Keegan start us off. Oh, Keegan, uh, what have you been watching this past week? Uh, okay, I wasn't expecting to go first, but uh, I will take the invitation. So <laughs> I, I finished Netflix's Midnight Mass, which is a show that I talked about last week. It's the new, ooh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Hank Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. There we go. New Mike Flanagan show. He's a big relationship with Netflix, um, and this is his new seven-part limited series, um, starring his wife, as always. Um, and very, very interesting show about a small coastal city, I believe, in Washington. Um, that's about kind of a, a Pentecostal or evangelical church that, or I think it's a Catholic church, but. Regardless, uh, has a crazy pastor that comes back. I don't really know the difference. Crazy uh, pastor that comes back and uh, lots of kind of madness ensues. I finished this this week and I actually kind of want to redact what I said last week and that I really enjoyed it uh, and say that I'm just kind of lukewarm on this one. I think there's better Mike Flanagan out there and I actually think the first season of Hill House is more entertaining. I think the show has a seven hour runtime and I think it does not really justify that. I think this could be a really awesome two movie series, like two two hour movies, or maybe like a like a five part series. Um, there's there's just a lot of fat to be trimmed here, honestly. So it's fun. It's not scary. Um, and I actually watched a lot of it while like washing dishes and doing laundry. So I don't know if that speaks to the quality of it at all. But I'm pretty lukewarm on this one. Um, I God, also my, my willingness to watch that just died. <laughs> well, I mean, my my not enjoyment of it is probably a, a positive sign for for your kind of assessment on horror. But uh, a couple other things. I also started watching Squid Game, which I know Hank's a pretty big fan of. Woo! Only two episodes in, and uh, so far, 
I'm more than lukewarm on it. I don't know if I love it yet. I feel like people are absolutely... This is like the parasite of Korean shows right now. I feel like people are just like absolutely eating it up. And it's like, you know, it's like BTS's first performance all over again, right? It's like Korea sensation. But I I think it's good. uh, And I have yet to fall in love with it. But I think the production design is some of the craziest that Netflix has ever done. Uh, I think they put the money in the right hands of a, a very talented writer. So I absolutely trust that this is going to get better with time i think like i have no problem thinking that you know seven episodes later by the time i get to the end of it i'm going to be glowing about it but i think it needs time to warm up so i I don't have much to say about it so far but i've been enjoying it um and then i watched two movies so i watched the movie we were going to review this week which was which is venom (laughs) let there be carnage um and i had never seen the first movie so watched both of them uh i really like this this whole like sony era of of like the spider-man villains uh as some people might know like a long time ago sony was approached by marvel to buy a bunch of the characters they were only interested in buying spider-man and his villains in a very very bad move at the time and so as such they can only work with those characters so venom solely belongs to them does not belong in the uh you know the whole marvel disney universe they're making these crazy movies with Tom Hardy. Really wacky, really out there. They're very reminiscent of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Very campy and kind of wacky. Uh, lots of like comedy in there that's uh, pretty borderline. It doesn't always hit. And it, it, stri- like, it has this nice line of, are we laughing with it or are we laughing at it? Uh, and I think it's pretty self-aware in that. So I really like both of them. I think the first movie has a little bit better of a characterization. The second movie um, uses the main love interest in kind of a secondary role when I thought she was really well suited to be front and center in the first movie opposite Eddie Brock. Uh, but all that being said, I think this is really fun. I love seeing Andy Serkis do stuff. So, you know, him being the director of these movies is a lot of fun. Um, Venom himself is a super cool character. So I am uh, I'm down for more good superheroes, of course. So that was my watch week. Uh, I would say the Netflix stuff was hit or miss and the movies were pretty fun. All right. Pretty solid watch week. Um, Taylor, you want to follow him up? Yeah. So I have been watching only two TV series. Been pretty busy recently. Both of them are on Apple Plus, which my TV will not use. So I've been watching them on a laptop screen, which shows you how much I've been loving what Apple TV has been doing. So we got Ted Lasso. We've already talked about a bunch. And then I started a new series, brand new series from them called Foundation. Uh, It's a... Uh, adaptation of an Azik Isimov uh, book. Actually, I don't know if it's... I think it's a series of stories. I don't think it's an actual book. It's actually yeah. several novels. Novels. There you go. Okay. Um, and it is is awesome. It is total sci-fi. It's like some of the technology is so far in the future, it seems <clears> like magic almost. So it's just totally wacky. Um, I think they've had to really... I think they've had to constrain themselves a lot just based on how much material there was. So the pacing is pretty frantic. The first couple episodes were like trying to, they're building up all this history, telling us about the galactic empire and all this crazy stuff. Um, and so it's like just frenetic pace. The first two episodes back to back to back important scenes. And then it's kind of getting to the main story. Um, and they're, you know, they're doing the old school thing where an episode comes out every week, which I hate, by the way, I got so used to being able to watch all of them at once. If I really liked it, um, so I don't know if it's going to maintain that pace or if it's going to slow down, but it's really fun, really crazy. Uh, the other thing I've been watching is For All Mankind, also on Apple TV. This is a alternate history uh, set during the space race between the United States and the USSR. 
Um, and basically the premise is that the Soviets get to the moon first and the space race continues for a long time. Um, and so there, uh, we talked, I think we talked about this before, but their original plan was to have each episode jump pretty far into the future. Um, and they didn't quite do that, but we've just finished the second season and the very end of it, it jumps 15 years into the future. Um, so they're doing that at the season marker more than the episode marker. Um, and so that's been pretty cool. Same characters, I think we're gonna follow them around, but follow their kids around, or you know, people that were tangentially related and younger as they turn into the main people in the space program. Um, but it's, it's really fun. Um, it's doing something pretty interesting where it's a pretty even split between you know, space action and, and story and relationships. And the relationships are very complex um very nuanced uh, really believable characters characters you love characters you hate pretty dramatic turns characters take in their story arc that seem totally believable um i just don't find any of that anywhere near as interesting as the space stuff i want (laughs) ak-47s on the moon i'm tired of marital drama i'm tired of people cheating on people we got a missile launching tomorrow we don't have time for this (laughs) so other than that I'm, i'm i'm enjoying it quite a bit and that's it that's all that's all i've watched this week Oh, man, I really want to watch both Foundation and For All Mankind. So I'm a big fan of the Foundation series by Asimov. Um, I think it's pretty phenomenal sci-fi, partly due to the fact that it completely dispenses with characterization. It's like all plot, which is like kind of fun. You don't see that a lot in modern literature. Um, But I could go on for hours about that, and I won't. I also want to watch For All Mankind. Sounds super fun. (laughs) Glad that someone's getting to enjoy them. And there's also a Vietnamese immigrant story in there, too. So it connects with the other stuff we've been watching recently. There we go. Wait, I was going to say, I think this is an open question for both of you guys. But I think Ted Lasso season two is taking kind of a different turn without spoiling anything, right, than the first season um, and and kind of totally is quite different. uh, I haven't seen any of it yet. (laughs) Okay, so in in a way that treads lightly, Taylor, season two is fairly different than the first. Are you okay with that? Are you enjoying it? Do you wish it would go back? Um, it's better. I think it's better. Um, I, I like the sports drama. Like I, I want to see more of them actually playing soccer. So I, uh, there's been, I think there's been like a little bit more of that. And so mm-hmm. i that's like the one thing that I've really enjoyed out of it. But I know I, I think I like it a little bit more season two. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like it's been a little split, but I, I think I agree. I think I like the more dramatic elements a little bit more, but it's, it's definitely very different than the first season for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Apple TV. I don't know. I guess we could look up who's who's doing their creative stuff, but pretty like a pretty interesting uh, diversity that they're going after, and yeah. they seem to be firing on all cylinders. So whatever they're doing over there is working. Yeah, and I I didn't see it coming at all when I first saw no. the ads for Apple TV. I was like, I'm never gonna fucking pay for Apple TV. Be dead in a year. Yeah. 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 And suddenly I'm like, oh man, all the best sounding shows are on Apple TV except for Squid Game, which is on Netflix. <laughs> With that, um, I'm getting a new TV just because yeah. of Apple TV. Are you really? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to. I'm tired of watching. I'm on an 11 inch laptop watching the Galactic Empire do all this stuff in Foundation. It's not working. I need watching a big TV. Ted Lasso and anxiety attacks on your Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So. With that, I'm going to move us along, get into my watch week, because I have a heavier-than-usual one, because it's October. Um, So for fans that don't know, I'm a big fan of horror. I know, big big surprise (laughs) for anyone that's been here for a while. Um, But what that means is that during October, I like to go all out. I try and watch a movie or at least a long episode of a TV show in the horror genre every night of the month. 
Um, and I do it with a theme uh, for the past couple of years. Last year, I did vampire movies, watched like a, a bunch of them, you know, almost 30. There was some Buffy sprinkled in there. Um, this year, <laughs> I'm doing werewolves. So nice. I'm going to start my watch week uh, with the, uh, the, the, the movies I've been watching. Um, so today is the fourth. I've watched uh, actually only two movies and a couple uh, vampire-specific episodes of things. So um, the movies I've watched were Teen Wolf, the original from 1985, mm. uh, starving, starring uh, Michael J. Fox. Um, that's, that's who played Marty McFly, right? I didn't yep. just fuck up his name. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Star, uh, Will Smith. Anyway. No, no. Anyway. Um, no, just, it was Aquafina. That's what it was. <laughs> it's always Aquafina. Um, anyway, watch that, the original, um, which I thought actually held up surprisingly well. It was, like, pretty funny. Um, and uh, I, I, I wrote down in my notes while I was watching it, I would describe it as the Dragon Ball Z of basketball movies. Uh, moving on. Wait, hold on. Werewolf. Not hold moving on. on. That's crazy. <laughs> moving on. What else? No, I want to hear the rest of these notes. Oh, no, that's the only note I took. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on, I watched Teen Wolf 2, the 1987 <laughs> sequel starring a very young Jason Bateman and produced by Jason Bateman's father. And I have to say, um, I think the first one aged all right if you know what you're getting into. Uh, Teen Wolf 2, you can really tell it was paid for by the star's father. Um, <laughs> this movie is so bad. Like, not even entertainingly bad. Like, they try and do cool things throughout it. Everything they do is so aggressively uncool. Just every single thing. The song choices are bad. The acting is bad. No one has any chemistry. Um, the plot is just a straight-up rehash of the original, except it's in college now. Uh, honestly, you know, Jason Bateman, sorry, but you sucked in this. Like, you did a <laughs> shit job as an actor. Uh, yeah, there's just really nothing good about Teen Wolf 2. I don't know a single person I would ever recommend this movie to, and that's pretty rare coming from Hank. Um, yeah. It's, it's, what, it's, what about what about a uh, disaffected werewolf young man heading to college? Do you think it would prepare let's him? Let's watch the first one again. Just, <laughs> just pretend they're in college. Um, to keep your analogy anyway. going, it's the Teen Wolf GT. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on, uh, I want to talk about some TV I did. Uh, first off, I have a couple items from TV for uh, the Werewolf Month. I watched a couple episodes of What We Do in the Shadows that feature the werewolf neighbors. Always good time. I love What We Do in the Shadows. I also watched the new episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Phenomenal. That's all I'm going to say about it, because I've already run a bit long. <laughs> um, additionally, I, ran, I watched a couple of the Buffy episodes that deal with uh, Seth Green's character going through his change. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Always a treat to go back. Um, moving out of ter uh, werewolf territory, I started watching Squid Game. I'm actually only an episode in, um, and I completely fell in love the first episode. I just loved every single thing about the first episode. I liked the acting, I loved the style, I loved the cinematography, um, and I'm really excited to continue. But Keegan, if you spoil anything for me, I will kill you. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, that's on the record. 
Uh, and then the last thing I <laughs> that watched, would hold up in court. <laughs> yeah, last thing I watched, uh, Great British Bake Off is back, baby, and it Woo! is such a great show, great production value. I love uh, Noel. What's his face? He, uh, he was the one half of the Mighty Boosh. Um, he's the host <laughs> on Great British Baking Show. Um, anyway, Noel's great. Um, I would watch an entire show just with him um, if they would make more Mighty Boosh. Anyway, Great British Bake Off. Go watch. I've oh, there's also it. some. Are you some speaking baking. British right um, now? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the Great British Boof and the Philly Wumpy Dumps. <laughs> anyway, Great British Bake Off, the Mighty Boosh. Watch both of them. Great British Bake Off is the only one that has uh, new episodes, and that's my watch week. Yeah. Nice. So if they did a werewolf version of Survivor or of the Great British Bake Off, would you watch it? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. No. <laughs> it, like if I if I was hearing about a new season of Survivor and they're like, and this year's twist is that one of the contestants is a werewolf, and on the full moon he will slaughter all of the contestants who <laughs> can't get to safety, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, well, um, pulling everything out of the. <laughs> Yeah, Great British Bake Off. I don't really think it would change things much because uh, the episodes take place during the day. Okay, got it. I, one more thing to add in there for, before we move into the actual movie review is that you guys have no idea how quickly I can type what we do in the shadows because Hank watches it every single week and when I add it to the show notes. <laughs> I love what we do in the shadows. Um, when, when I'm finished with the new season, uh, I've heard that one of the lead actors is in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Um, and I'm really excited to, to watch that after. But I'll tell you about that once I actually watch it. Let's move on to our review. You ready, boys? Oh, do we have to? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, all right. Okay. So uh, for anyone new to the show, our review structure is kind of two segments. We do a spoiler-free segment talking about production, cinematography, acting, soundtrack, all the stuff you can say about a movie without spoiling it. Then... We take a quick break, uh, let you know that we're going into spoilers, and do a spoiler full review, where we spoil the hell out of the movie, and we ruin it for anyone that's planning on seeing it. Um, so if you're worried about that happening, you're going to be safe for another few minutes here, and we'll give you plenty of warning when we're moving into the spoiler territory. Um, so anyway, at the end of all that, we'll give the movie a rating on a very unique rating scale. That all said... I believe it is about time to move into our discussion of Titan. Uh, so as I mentioned up top, Titan is a 2021 film. It is directed by Julia DeCornau, and uh, it, it won the Golden Palm at, at, at Cannes, which is a really high honor in filmmaking. So obviously everyone's expectations were very high walking into this film. Um, we'll talk about whether those were met uh, maybe later on in the review but just to get everyone situated give you guys some context as to what we're going to be talking about here's an imdb blurb about the movie <clears throat> following a series of unexplained crimes a father is reunited with the son who had been missing for 10 years titane a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys yeah, so I didn't just, uh, you know, like have like a brain misfire there and like switch mid-sentence. That is the blurb of the movie. I understand the two sentiments seem unrelated. Um, but with that said, without spoiling anything, Taylor, do you care to get us started off with your thoughts about this movie? Yeah, yeah, I'll, t I'll tell you about, about this movie and what I think about it. Um, well, 
uh, I thought the acting was was pretty good. I, I thought it was it was some good journeyman acting. I was very impressed uh, with the main lady, um, even though she doesn't really talk. It was her um, first movie. The, yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, wait, wait. No, no. I really. I thought you did something else. I don't think so. Let me, let, let me look this up. Keep talking. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I mean, you know, jumping into a basically mute character would probably be a good way to get into a movie. Or it could be more <laughs> difficult because you got to do a lot of mugging and facial expressions. Um, so, yeah, the acting, acting I thought, was, was good. Um, the movie is deeply uncomfortable. And if I'm going to be made uncomfortable by something, I would like for there to be a reason some kind of point, some kind of lesson learned, some kind of reason that I'm feeling this kind of way. And I don't really think there was in this movie. Um, so I, I kind of had a bad time. We, we came, Hank and I, we saw it together, and we, we came out of the theater, and the, one of the ushers, or the crew members, as they call them, um, she said, do you guys like the movie? And, uh, Hank, I won't spoil what you said, but I said, uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. No, I didn't like that. That was very strange. <laughs> so that's basically how I feel about it. And when we get into spoilers, I'm, I, I can tell you some more details, but I, I don't know if you'll like it. I don't know. I know I won't like it. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So we got the big man's take. Keegan, what did you think? Let's do the little man's take. So <laughs> the little man's take is uh, I, I think one of the beauties of the show is that if, if you've listened to us long enough, I think you can kind of align your your interest to one host and uh if if you have ever agreed with me in anything uh even the most slight of my reviews i would say that you probably want to avoid titan and that is because i also did not really enjoy this um similar reasons that taylor stated earlier right i think technically it's very sound i think you know they, they were working with a solid size budget they had you know, pretty good actors Clearly, they had the budget to, to you know block this and screenwrite it, and had a lot of, of, of technical prowess behind it. But again, I think there are movies that have made me feel really grossed out and uncomfortable. I'm thinking like uh, Gaspar Noé or Nicholas Winding Refn that I also think make me feel like there are things I should assess about myself or about society. Right? They 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 loan themselves to thought about the larger picture of something. Um, in a way that, you know, like Taylor said, I think this movie just doesn't really. Um, there's not much else that I can say in non-spoiler, but I am going to go to the cop-out thing that I always say with the Hank movie in that at the end of the day, I'm happy that there are people who will direct movies as crazy as this and that there are still studios and distribution companies crazy enough to put millions of dollars on the line to get these out. It's not for me. I'm sure there are people who are very much into art house that will enjoy this. Maybe this plays better to a European audience. I don't know what the audience is that this appeals to, but it's not me, but I'm not saying it's not out there. Uh, and I think we will probably expand on our thoughts a lot in spoilers. Yeah, so with that said, I'll give my take here. Um, possibly surprising one of my co-hosts by saying, I don't think I would recommend this movie to anyone. Um, and I say that as, you know, if you've, if you've listened to the show before, you know I'm usually the first to defend art house and the first to defend horror. Um, I like being made uncomfortable by movies. Um, I like it when they're kind of pretentious. It's not a requirement for me. You know, I can, I can enjoy myself during a suicide squad. But, you know, I also get down with the pretentious art house shit. Um, and I wouldn't say that I hated this movie. I didn't enjoy this movie. Uh, but, you know, I was glad that I went to the theater. I, th I thought it would be kind of, you know, fun to discuss with some friends after afterwards. And I, I like staying up to date on the winners of the big awards. But, man, 
this movie like like Keegan and Taylor have said the the the, the point was really indistinct um i i wasn't really sure if there was a meaning if there was a meaning it went right over my head maybe that's my fault um but it was also excruciatingly uncomfortable which i've said i enjoy uh but kind of to an extent uh so first of all this movie kind of it sometimes went beyond where i was enjoying it and i was like okay let's change the the scene and then also I usually like being made uncomfortable in support of some of something. It, it's not necessarily a strong plot, but it can be like an aesthetic that I'm really into. Like uh, I don't know, like the Silent Hill games, like make me uncomfortable. But I'm really into the Silent Hill look. Um, I don't know. That's not really what I want to be comparing this movie to, but it's what came to mind. <laughs> well, all that is to say, it's really uncomfortable. There's not really a discernible point to me, and I didn't really enjoy watching it. That said, I was really impressed by almost every aspect of the uh, of, of the film. I thought the acting was pretty uniformly great. I looked it up. This was uh, the leading actress's first uh, full-length wow. film. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in one short before uh, called Loving, but that was also earlier this year. So anyway, really wow. impressive uh, debut performance. There, there isn't a lot of speaking, but I do think she's pretty emotive. Um, also... Uh, a f- uh, I actually don't even want to introduce actors because I'm worried I might spoil some things. What I'll say is, across the board, the acting was pretty phenomenal. Uh, saw some familiar faces from uh, Julia's previous film, Raw. I enjoyed that. Um, the soundtrack, I thought, was killer. They had like a mix of kind of like American country music mm-hmm. and like this kind of classic horror, like pulsing synthesized sound. Um, cinematography was great the use of color and lighting was great kind of reminded me of some of the classics like i'm thinking like dario or hento's original suspiria uh, they they did some cool plays with colors um so all of these parts that i really enjoyed but there wasn't a single scene in this movie where i was like oh man i'm having a good time glad i'm in this theater um, it was all like yeah this is going to be one to talk about let's 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 get through it um, so I don't think I'd recommend it to anyone. I think it's a very impressive movie on the whole. I'm really curious why it won the Golden Palm. Yeah, I think that's. I think when we get into the spoiler stuff, we can talk about that more. But I, I guess we can touch on it before we get in, which is like, I don't, I don't want to say that the fact that this movie won uh, a big film award <laughs> is, uh, is, is you know, another example of out of touch elites. But that's what it feels like because I just don't. What I just. I just, I just can't. Why? Why'd they do this? Why, why did they do this? Why did this? How did they watch a million other films and they say, no, 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 this, this, this is it. This, this is what the people want. This is pushing the right boundaries to well, push right now. And I don't think the can lineup was dry for other movies that have more Absolutely broad appeal, not. right? Like you had the yeah. French Dispatch, you had Dune. You had Fast 9, which was kind of an outlier, but <laughs> I mean, you had Fast 9 is a better movie. <laughs> That's a crazy take that I'd like to take. That's you up a hot on. take. We're gonna take that one to Twitter. Um, <laughs> so we're just gonna post Taylor May. Fast Nine is a better film than Titan. I think we can unanimously as a show. I think all three of us might agree with that. But no, I, and I, I think Can Twenty Twenty One had plenty of good movies. So I, I share Taylor's <clears throat> bafflement in like what is it that Titan brings that those other movies don't. I, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. <laughs> Damn it! I, I the the only thing the only when I'm watching the movie I'm thinking okay so 
there's got to be something, right? So I, I was actually kind of looking forward to seeing the whole movie play out only because I was waiting for something that would be like, ah, this is, this is why. This is why. But I, I really thought about it, and I don't think there's anything there's anything there. There's not some, like, deep-seated secret. It's not t- showing us th- through all this terribleness, and it's explaining what it's like to live through this terribleness because the terribleness is so specific to this person's circumstances. It's not relatable in any way, I don't think. Well, like, actually, let me cut <laughs> in here. When I walked out of the theater, my first thought was that, you know, a lot of movies that we love are, you know, fairly universal. You don't get the subject matter, but, like, it, the, the movie says something that kind of resonates with you for some reason or another. You know, it can be, like, a story about loss, and you haven't experienced that loss, but everyone knows loss. You know, something like that. I'm yeah. not big on to film analysis, but I think we're familiar with the concept. And I walked out of that movie thinking, I think... I'm sure this is one of those instances where this movie is speaking to a specific subset of people that are aware of a specific issue, and that's why I don't get it. Like, I'm sure that this is, like, one of those movies that's not a universal experience. It's saying, it, you know, potentially something salient about something that I just don't know. Um, my guesses are maybe some sort of a cultural moment going on in France that I'm just out of the loop for. <laughs> I, could, I could imagine it having to do with like some sort of identity politics that I, I'm again just not in the right circles to know any level of detail about but that's my, my guess as to why this movie is a winner it could just be completely out of touch critics but I, I like need to believe to you know have like some faith in our like art institutions that what is happening is that this is just not universal it is targeted and I am not the target um, but for that target audience, it's like perfect. That's 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 what I'm telling myself. So I don't want to burst your bubble, but after I came to my conclusion that nope, this is just nonsense, I I went and read a bunch of reviews, and I, it just seems to be hanging on the fact that it makes you uncomfortable and mm-hmm. that it was brave to make the movie. That's like I I can't find anything that's like this is who this movie's for. This is the story it's trying to tell. I didn't find, maybe it's out there. Maybe I, again, am, am not in the right circle, so I didn't read the right film reviews, but I read you know, a lot of the big, the big names in the film review biz, and I couldn't, I couldn't find anything that was like yeah. an underlying current throughout the film. And, well, and the, you know, I'm just going to open the door here. You know, <laughs> Julia DeCornow, if you're out there, you're listening to this, um, <laughs> feel free to come on the show and, and talk with us about it, because I'm like really genuinely curious to know like if that was the goal of the movie or, or if there was some statement being made. I don't know if this is too lowbrow for you, but give us a ring. Uh, rotating Reels podcast at gmail.com. Is that right, Keegan? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. try to work you in. We, we're pretty packed, though, so I <laughs> no promises. Yeah, we have five interviews of Bao booked, so I don't know. We'll, we'll clear it up. <laughs> but no, I mean, similarly, like, I feel like I, I use the Rotating Reels Twitter to follow a lot of film critics, and I feel like it helps me stay kind of in the loop of movies that are coming up for us to review. And at the time, I was following a lot of the film critic circles. We had like Telluride, Cannes, early Sundance buzz. And honestly, I got the impression that amongst professional film critics, the, the vibe around the festival was when Titan got announced as the winner, people were like, oh, that's okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. And it was kind of a like a deflating emotion around the festival. And I don't I don't know if that's a weird read or maybe it wasn't. I wasn't there, but I, I don't get the impression that most critics who were there on invitation agreed with that choice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and we sure. were invited, right, Keegan? You got those in the mail? Yes, we were busy. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, I, unfortunately, well, we couldn't make it. Yeah. yeah, we had to go see it at the local AMC. It's just you know, yeah, an issue of timing purely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with that, uh, are you guys ready to move into spoilers? You want to talk about what happened during this movie? I couldn't be more. Not ready. really, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well then, with that, we're going to move into the spoiler full part of our review. Uh, so, for those of you new to the show, again, this is where we spoil the movie. So, if you haven't seen it and you've heard what we've said so far and you're like, wow, I should watch that. I bet I disagree with all of them and it's a really fun movie. Then you should pause right here, go watch the movie, come back you know, in a few hours. Um, but, if you've seen the movie or you haven't seen the movie and you're like, hell no, I'm never watching Titan, stick with us and we're going to spoil the whole thing. We're going to talk about, you know, what we liked, what we didn't, uh... I don't know anything else <laughs> we feel it. like saying about the movie. That's that's rotating reels, baby. But with that, <laughs> we're in the spoiler section. All right, we're back with the spoiler full review section for 2021's Titan. So, I think that uh, all of the all of the reviewers here, we've reached kind of the same conclusion that uh, this movie's really well made, but we didn't really like it. Um, I'd like to talk about some of the reasons for that. Um, one of the, one of the big, uh, things here is the pregnancy in the movie. How did you guys feel about that from the conception to the attempted abortion to the delivery? Did that compel you to continue watching? Did you find it entertaining? Uh, did you find meaning in it? Why don't, uh, Keegan, why don't you start? Oh, no. Um, I... So I like I very much of the Twitter sphere. I had heard that there was a scene of a woman having sex with a car. Uh, I didn't know when it was going to happen, and then we it just front center. It happens, man. Um, after she killed a man, which is already pretty wild. Uh, so you have to kind of think about the headspace that someone's in. So after seeing the murder scene and seeing maybe she got knocked around, she has this plate in her head. I'm already making malignant comparisons. I'm like, maybe she got bumped around. Maybe we're in this kind of sense of surrealism. We have like an unreliable narrator at this point. Maybe that does track through the whole movie. But uh, regardless, I think the conception is is quite out there. <laughs> um, uh, and then as far as the attempted abortion, I know you. Guys, we were joking in the pre-show that this is the point where you guys thought that I would think about leaving the movie and you were entirely right. It's a pretty graphic scene. And up until this point, we haven't seen our main character kill anybody other than someone who would stop her car and try to forcibly kiss her in a parking lot. Right? So at this point we think all of her murders are earned, right? Like this is somewhat, it was more of a self-defense. She was, you know, acting out to protect herself. But then after that, she tries to abort her car baby who's clearly leaking oil out of her orifices in someone's bathroom goes out to then continue having sex with someone and then while they're getting intimate she starts killing that person and then at this point i'm like oh it's just senseless murders and i think that's where i started to disconnect so i don't know if that answers your question but the whole like conception to birth i i really unplugged from the movie once we really got into the idea that she's pregnant with a car baby well, that seems uh, fair, though I will remark that uh, when I heard about this movie, I heard that she was impregnated by a car. That This is a detail that came out pretty early, um, and I was like, interesting. I wonder what they're going to do with that, you know? I was like, it sounds kind of gross, but like maybe interesting, and I felt like they didn't 
do enough with it in this movie. I feel like it kind of happened, took a back burner until the incredibly uncomfortable abortion scene that I don't think really ended up adding uh, much to the movie, uh, in my opinion, because it seems like she discovered she was pregnant and she probably would have continued on the murder spree either way. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe killing the car baby would have been enough for her. Um <laughs> But anyway, they, and then they ignored it, except for, like, her scratching her tummy. Anyway, all that is to say, like, uh, I expected it to be kind of an interesting part of the movie, and they did absolutely nothing with it. But I'm curious for Taylor's thoughts here. Taylor, you were in the theater with me. What did you think? Yeah, so, you know, the we, we get that, they get that um, prelude where we flash back to when she's a little kid, and she gets in a car accident, gets the titanium plate put in her head, Um and then we fast forward to her being a stripper at a car show and then she kills the guy but again it could have been self-defense so i'm following this whole thing right and then she's in the shower washing the vomit off of herself from the man she's just killed maybe or maybe not self-defense manslaughter whatever um and then there's a huge knock right on that on the bathroom door and she goes and opens the door and it's the same, you know, open room where she's just been at the car show stripping and there's the car she was stripping on, this old hot rod with flames all over it and its lights are on and she walks the, this long shot of her walking into this hangar and getting into that car and I'm thinking she's 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 going to have sex with this car. <laughs> and I live under a rock, so I didn't know that was in the movie. I just I just already knew I was like she's there's something going on with this car right and I'm thinking maybe it's gonna be like Night Rider and the car is like a sentient <laughs> thing right and then the car starts bouncing and turns out it has hydraulics and I'm like oh my god and it just then we get they're like, I'm thinking they're really showing this car bouncing for a while they're not gonna show us inside the car and then they do and the seatbelts are all like holding her arms and it's just like at this point I was like this is not this the only way this can be salvaged is if this is this girl having you know a manic crazy episode. lapses from reality because of the head injury as a child right no turns out she's just actually pregnant with the car that's just <laughs> that's what that's what happens in this movie she just gets and, the, and as far as i can tell there's no metaphor right it's not like the car and her getting pregnant with it is saying something about anything anybody goes through it was just nonsense just to be weird and I was like, ah, okay. And so they, they lost me in the first 15 minutes. With that scene, when they showed us her in the car, I was like, there's, I doubt we're going to come back from this. You know, I saw it, though, and I, you know, the car's a classic Cadillac. And, uh, you know, we finally get to the birth scene at the end. And I, at least, was going, she's going to give birth to a Cadillac. <laughs> like, he's going to hold up the baby. It's going to be a miniature Cadillac. I was hoping I was his excited little hot wheels would come out. Um, and we didn't get that. And I get that it would have been kind of goofy and not in tone for the movie. Uh, but I just want it to be known that it is the, uh, the position of this reviewer. That if you're going to have a woman pregnant with a car, you should give birth <laughs> to a car. Unless there's like a solid plot reason for that not happening. Because this movie would not have been changed if instead of a baby with a titanium spine, she gave birth to an actual car. Uh, yeah. do, do my co-hosts agree? Yeah, I, I support you in that. 100%. 100%. It should have been a car. I, I will say, as far as the pregnancy goes, visually, what I think was quite interesting was the idea that she is lactating motor oil. That's crazy. And I thought that was 
really, really cool. Like I, I like I said, I disconnected about 20, 25 minutes into this movie, but there were scenes that pulled me back and I was like, if we're gonna stick with this, this is that's a way to pull me back in. And like there's a sequence in the shower where she she realizes that she's like ovulating and she, there's just motor oil running down the water, and I was like this is sweet. We could do something with this. And like you guys, I thought there was going to be. I don't think I don't think ovulating is the correct the correct term, but yeah. Sorry, I meant dilating. My apologies. <laughs> Can you tell that we are three male reviewers on this show? Anyways, I I thought it was going to be a miniature car. I, I literally I thought it was going to be a little RC car, and I was like, this is going to be sweet. Yeah, it yeah. has to be some kind of like Akita man and machine mix, and it's all going to yeah, be worth yeah. it because we have this science fiction amalgamation. But it's like, oh, it's a baby with. Uh, a titanium spike, like a Wolverine adamantium thing. I wasn't a fan. You know what they could have done? It could have been the the uh, origin story for Knight Rider. No, Dominic. I literally. That's how we. I thought this Dominic Toretto of Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he loves family. Because <laughs> <laughs> he because his mom didn't have one. <laughs> okay. He runs as a young teen. He runs away from home and gets raised by a pack of wild mustangs. Raised by a pack of wild Americans. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, bringing us back in, there's one other big important thing I have to ask about this movie, and then I think that we're going to have said all the intelligible stuff we're going to, be able to say at the end of that. So, what I wanted to ask you about is the uh, one of the other big plot lines in the movie, the murders. What's up with that? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Keegan? <laughs> I don't think we are given any kind of reason as to why she's doing these murders. Like, I I don't know if we are meant to assess someone's mental state, but I think we see when she is having sex with the girl on the dock that she is kind of aggressive and pulling on the nipple piercing, which is a pretty uncomfortable scene. But it plays like hyperfixation, right? And I started to wonder, like, is this, are we starting to see a portrayal of someone on the spectrum? But then I was like, I don't know if this is an appropriate representation of someone, right? So I don't, we, we don't really get any reason as to why she does these things. And one of the things that I really did like about the movie is that there's this great through line of, of uh, relationships between parents and children. And we get that later with the firemen and, and her, when she later kind of has this found home and she builds this really loving relationship with this fire chief and fire marshal, whatever he is. Um, and we, we see it heavily contrasted against her relationship with her own father, who's you know a doctor, seemingly very successful. They have a nice home, but he's very distant from her. Um, and I think all of those things, like, like those were the things that kind of pulled me in. But then, I don't know, I, I think like, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think, like, those are the things I enjoyed about it, but otherwise I was, like, kind of... As far as the murders, like, they're, they're just thrown out there as, as kind of a constant, right? We're not given any reason as to why they occur. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, Keegan, you you hit on what I think is the best part of the movie, which is the relationship with Vincent, the fire chief guy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and what they're doing, I thought, was actually kind of interesting. I thought his character was kind of interesting. Yeah. But so much of what we're watching on the screen and what's been devoted time to in the movie is her pregnant with the Cadillac, is her just being a weird feral person, right? And so it's like it's it's like the murders and everything else are just an example of that. That it's this big, ridiculous, 
uh, hard-to-watch, gross thing they keep putting in the movie that doesn't really have anything to do with anything else. It's just showing that this character is weird, basically. And I think a better version of this movie would be if we have this this you know car model who is attacked by a man in a parking lot. She acts in self-defense and kills this man on accident. And then she goes on the run and she finds this adoptive home with Vincent, right? And then we play out that whole thing. We get more exploration of his loss of his son. And then, you know, clearly, and I guess I'll I'll leave this up to you guys, but I think from the very first scene, he understands this is not his actual son. He knows his son is dead and he decides to graft onto another person. But that bond is so powerful and cinematically so, so like relatable, right? But... Like you said, we have all this foo-foo bullshit, all this art house, like car, Cadillac, sex stuff that I think really clouds what could have been a really interesting okay. through line. I'm just going to say, don't put the car stuff on the art house scene. Because <laughs> art, art house <laughs> has done movies about these issues. they are similar issues. Well, the car stuff is from who knows where. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, but that I mean, like you know, we we, we kind of neglected to say that one of the first murders we see her do is her parents, right? That she burns them alive in their house after burning her clothes that have blood on them from a previous murder she's done, right? So like right off the bat, she just killed her parents who seem to have been fine. We don't learn anything about them really, and so it's it's just like like her dad may have been a doctor or some kind of medical professional. That's kind of yeah. all we got. And it's it's just like this is not that's not a way for me to care about this character. That that sucks. That pretty that sucks. Yeah, you know? no, I, I I honestly after she murdered her parents and like that nice girl and all of yeah. her roommates, I was like, Jesus Christ! I want the police to get her. Like I want this movie <laughs> to be over because she's in custody because she just killed a lot of people and clearly she needs to get a lot of help far away from where she can hurt any more people. Yeah. So and Vincent was as 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 interesting as he was. He was not the best qualified person to deal with this with the the range serial killer. I yeah, disagree. Not the best qualified. Well, I <laughs> I actually think it's it's this like broken people finding broken people theme, right? Where like he is, everyone around him knows clearly. Like he watched his young child die, right? And so he is always looking for this next. He's he's looking for someone to fill that void in his life, and I think everyone around him knows that he is looking for that and is trying to protect him against it. And so when someone comes in, they're very defensive against that person. But I don't know. I think he is he's the perfect main character in that he's so flawed and he he wants someone to mend that hole. I don't know. I I absolutely adored Vincent through and through. Oh no, I no, no. I, I like him as a character. I think he, I, I think he was a, a, also a great main character, but. I don't think it can be argued that, like, in, like, a real-world scenario, he would be, like, the qualified guy we want taking Alexia. (laughs) There is no no real-world scenario where a woman vagabond pregnant with a Cadillac child, right? I think, if anything, he is, like, there, there is no other perfect state than Vincent, right? Than a loving and caring, understanding guy. Yeah, I, I, I... What I will say is that the relationship between Alexia and Vincent, I think, was hands down the best part of the movie. What an interesting issue. Like, this guy may or may not know that she's, like, not his son, but is forced to treat her as his son, might be grappling with the fact that she's not, like, really interesting dynamic, did not get a whole lot of the screen time in the movie. Um, anyway, I, 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 I would watch a whole movie about, you know, Vincent. You know, just like... yeah. The, if part of it anyway yeah i choose that that is that is my version of the movie <laughs> it's from vince's point of view 
Yeah, I will say that those scenes will probably, you know, the scenes with Vincent and his relationship, they'll probably be the ones that stick in my memory. And I'm sure that in like two years, I'll look back on this movie and I'll be like, yeah, there was some vague stuff about a car, but Vincent and his son <laughs> or slash daughter man i was too harsh on that movie that's going to be me in two years i'm going to be like yeah this is clearly a movie about vincent because my memory is going to deteriorate the weird the weirdness aspect of the movie constantly undermined it right because like the whole time they meet i'm like oh man they're gonna kiss they're they're there's gonna be some sexual tension here right and then that happens at the very end of the movie and I'm, i'm like are they gonna do it are they gonna do it oh they did it right and it's like because it was trying to be so weird you know that what weird I'm using air quotes for like incest, right? Like that, of course, they're going to throw that in. You got to have a little bit of, little bit of maybe incest in the mix, right? And so it's just like that. It, it, it took away from whatever those characters were actually having just to throw in weirdness for the sake of it. But doesn't yeah, that, I normally, I, I was just going to say, I normally feel like weird holds up stuff. I really like weird literature. I like having like the idea to like play with the real a bit. And I feel like it was just so inappropriately deployed throughout this movie because they took a bunch of issues that were really interesting on their own and didn't really need that much weird to support them, you know, and like didn't need weird to make them happen. Like you could tell a story about someone like being on the run and like trying to pose as someone else, you know, like that sounds like some weird real world story, but not like a weird, weird story, you know. And they yeah. threw in all this weird, weird stuff. And it's like, why? That didn't change <laughs> this in an interesting way. No. You know, like, sometimes it's interesting if there's, like, weird creatures coming from under the pavement or something, you know? Like, that can be an interesting change. But none of this was int- uh, Anyway. Well, no. I, one of the things I liked a lot is that I feel like they constantly have this will-they-won't-they. They. Like, he's always barging in when she's changing or showering, right? And it's like, is, she, is he going to find out that she's a woman? And he's quite affectionate towards his son. And he always kisses you know, him or her, depending on it's Andre or Alexi, he's always quite affectionate and, and physical and touching his his son on the cheek. And it's always like, is he going to push it too far? Does he know? And I feel like one of the great parts of that is that he's not the one that pushes it over the edge. In the final sequence, when we do have the kiss, it's initiated by Alexia. And, and she's just scared. While she's giving birth to a car child. <laughs> right well, and it, but exactly, right? I think if anything, it cements vincent as a constant he is he is our ground to the real world he is like he's so scared of all these things like this crazy bullshit art house stuff sorry hank but in my opinion art house stuff is happening around him and he's just like i'm gonna accept these i'm gonna be a fireman i'm gonna help out where i can right and like he never initiates those things and i think it, it adds to the virtue of that character not that that saves the movie in any way but i feel like he is a straight man in a movie that is is like so inept at finding a straight man character the thing is the more you talk to me about vincent like the more the rest of the movie is slipping out of my brain and i feel like if i let you talk about him for another five minutes i'll be like what am i talking about that movie was great i would recommend it to anyone it was you know and i and the thing is, I don't want to end this review there because that's not where I was walking out of the theater, and I don't think that's where I'd be if I watched it again. <laughs> that's I'm like gonna... the final 25 minutes, maybe 30, maybe 40 minutes are interesting Vincent time. Rest of it, just nonsense lady time. Nonsense lady time. That's a great way of describing this movie. Anyway, I feel like unless there's anything else specifically you guys want to say i think we should move into rating this and introducing what we have coming up next week how does that sound all right well then uh, i think keegan gave us a start last time so taylor 
Why don't yeah. you uh, tell us your final thoughts and rate this bitch? Yeah, I mean, I think I've said most of what I want to say. That uh, acting was good. Technically, a lot of stuff was good, but it was it was just a lot of nonsense. And I don't think there was. If there is a through line, if there's a metaphor for something that we're missing, please shoot us an email because I don't think any of us saw it. Saw anything that would make all the ridiculousness, all the brutality, um, worth anything, worth you know, making us go through. Um, so I'm gonna give it one out of ten French firemen parties because the French firemen know how to throw parties. They really, really do. And this lady and this movie destroyed those parties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Keegan, how about you? Man, this is a, this is a movie that I went into thinking I was not going to like. I had read a lot of reviews and other critics talk about the movie, and I was pretty sure by the end of this I was going to be pretty unhappy. And I was, right? But I don't think I was to the degree, <laughs> to the degree that I thought I was going to be. And I think the relationship between Vincent and Alexia and the kind of exploration, however shallow it may be, of parent-child relationships was really interesting. And I think there was parts of this movie that were they expanded upon and blown out to be bigger than some of the weird bullshit, you know, kind of surreal art housey stuff would have been a lot more interesting. Um, and so I, I think, if anything, I'm, I'm more disappointed that this movie leaned into the cheesy bullshit and didn't, you know, let the characters really shine in, in ways that I thought would have made the movie more interesting. So if I had to give it a rating, I would give it one out of eight testosterone needles straight to the buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I really expected to love this movie. Uh, I was I was primed to do it, and I didn't. Um, I don't think I would recommend any anyone see this movie. I was very impressed by this movie, though. You know, I thought that everyone involved did good jobs, except for perhaps the writer or director. Um, I don't. I, I'm not sure how I felt on that one. But you know, like in terms of the production, everything was fantastic. Um, I left with the profound sense that i do not get this movie i'm like it's very possible there's something good here i don't know what it is beyond production value so if someone knows um you know please just send me an email like i i really want to be convinced that this is like you know cool and profound and not nonsense but i feel like (laughs) it is nonsense and not in a very fun way um Anyway. If somebody sends us an email that convinces us that this was a good movie, I, I, we should do we should redo do another podcast episode dedicated to this movie. If Steve can convince us that there was a reason for all the nonsense and the car fucking and the fire truck fucking, then we'll do it. We'll talk about it again. We'll totally change our tune. I'll agree to that, Keegan. Oh, absolutely. I am already yeah. looking at uh, critics to bring on. Okay. All right. Good. Perfect. So, with that said, my rating of this movie. <sighs> I'd have to say, honestly, about two out of nine decidedly non-Cadillac babies. <laughs> you wanted that Hot Wheels, man. Yeah, I wanted her to give birth to a little Cadillac Hot Wheel. Not graphically, mind you. I just wanted him to hold up the baby, and it was a Hot Wheel. I agree. Anyway. And instead of crying, it's alarms going off. This is the yeah. prequel movie to Cars. He holds up a little baby, and he goes, Ka-chow! <laughs> What's okay. the Speed McCoy? <laughs> Speed McQueen. So, uh, our official take, Titan was the official prequel movie to Cars. <laughs> With that said, are you guys okay if I introduce what we've got coming up on the yeah, uh, content yeah, yeah. schedule? Two movies. 
two movies. So first of all, we have another main episode coming your guys' way next week. And that episode is going to be another A-Week, another new release. It is the latest 007 James Bond film, No Time to Die, again starring Daniel Craig. Now then, I really like Craig as Bond. I think most people do. I'm excited to see him coming back. I don't know if the franchise is tired yet. I'm going to watch whatever they put out. But look for our uh, our post-watch takes next week. Besides that, uh, we are also going to be releasing a Patreon episode, a Rotating Reels After Hour review of the latest Nick Cage movie, actually. Uh, so this is a Scion Sono film. It's a Japanese film. Uh, did the festival circuit this past year. Uh, but it stars Nicolas Cage. And it's some sort of like a horror action film um, that... Uh, well, tell you what, I'm just going to read the IMDb blurb <laughs> because I don't think I'm going to do it any justice. A notorious criminal must break an evil curse in order to rescue an abducted girl who has mysteriously disappeared. So yeah, he anyway, does. There's already, there's already a few descriptions of different plot movements going on in there. I'm excited for it. I'll watch anything Nick Cage does, especially in the horror arena. And uh, if you want to hear about it, first of all, you could watch it. But second of all, you could come over and check out our Patreon and uh, give that episode a listen. Um, anything to add to that, guys? No, that's it. I'm so excited for Nick Cage to to clean the taste of Titan out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I know whatever he does, it's going to be more up my alley than that. Because even if it's nonsense, I'll know that was the point. And they'll make it look cool. <laughs> anyway, with that, Hank out. Awesome. <laughs>